Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, embarrassing, bad, disappointing, gross, uninspiring, all words that I think of when I think of the Raiders' performance on Sunday versus Buffalo Bills. We'll talk about that plus a whole lot more on Monday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, September 18th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, Just win. your team Just every win. day. Just win. And welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Lockdown Raiders Podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts to get the latest edition of the show. Of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you very much. Definitely appreciate you. If you're checking us out on YouTube, you'll see that I'm standing up today. Well, I got a lot to talk about. <laughs> got a lot to get off my chest. So I thought, you know what? I better stand up. My chair may not uh, stand it. And my chair may not pa- uh, make make it through this uh, this show if I don't stand up. So go ahead and stand up on this one. But definitely appreciate you checking us out on YouTube. YouTube and definitely appreciate my man Ari making sure we're on YouTube each and every day. You can check out Ari on Twitter at Ari Produces. You can always hit up the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line at 707-654-4693. And you can hit me up as well at your boy Q254. Now I'll say when you hit me up on Twitter, I try to respond to as many as possible, but I get hit with so many messages sometimes. I just don't have time to uh, be able to respond to every single one of them, especially when my inbox gets flooded. Someone direct messages me, floods my inbox with a ton of negativity. I just, I don't have a time to respond to every one of them. I try to, though. I definitely try to respond to as many as possible, but it ain't always possible, so I do apologize. But the great way to get to a, through the show, 707-654-4693. That's the best way to get through the show, the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. Uh, we got those calls and texts coming up in segment number three. Segment number two, we're going to talk about the invisible man. Who is the invisible man? Hunter Renfro. Two games, one catch, 23 yards. Matter of fact, one target. 23 yards through two games, and that's it. We'll talk all things Hunter Renfro coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Segment number one, news and notes, or like I like to do following a game, just kind of a recap of the game, the little game flow, how everything went and how everything shook out. And obviously we know the Raiders lost. Matter of fact, they got Molly Wap 38 to 10. Before we get to any of that, though, I do want to tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is LinkedIn Jobs. Helps you find the qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. As I mentioned, the Raiders lose the game 38 to 10. It all sounded good. It all started good, right? The first drive, fantastic. Five plays and a touchdown. Easy peasy, one, two, three easy. Man, it was like that, like nothing. I was like, okay, it's going to be a good day at the office for the Raiders. Well, that was the last drive that was really good. Jacobs runs for a negative four yards. Ed Oliver pushed the Raiders offensive lineman back into him and boom, dropped him. Thought, okay, well, that wasn't very good, but, you know, it can get better. Then the next play, Jacobs gets a 12-yard catch. Nice. Adams catches the next one for 17 yards and a first down. Trey Tucker, he was active. Got a nice jet sweep for 33 yards. Showed off that speed. Thought, okay, that's how you could use him. And they were already in scoring position. Then Adams gets a 16-yard touchdown catch. He had a good game. Six catches, 84 yards and a touchdown. But he was in the game late and had to leave the game late as he was being evaluated for a concussion. Uh, I have no idea why he was still in the game at that point. It was garbage time. The Raiders weren't going to make a comeback. And you got to protect the guys that really... Really, you need moving forward. Devontae Adams is that dude. You're already without Jacoby Myers. You sure can't afford to have Devontae Adams out either. So that was bad. Uh, we don't know if he has a concussion or not. We do meet with Josh McDaniels a little bit later on this morning around 1030. So we'll ask him that then. But 
unfortunate. Uh, you know, again, with Jacoby Myers being out, he missed the game with the concussion, and then Devontae leaving with, with uh, what looked like concussion-like symptoms and was being evaluated for that. Uh, word out of the locker room was that he looked like he was in good spirits and he was good to go. The media wasn't allowed to talk to him, but – Jacoby Myers was also in the locker room following the Denver game and looked pretty good to go, and we know he missed the whole week. So hopefully all is good with uh, Devontae Adams. We'll start to get an update a little bit later on today. Outside of that, that was it. The rest of the game, the rest of the offensive possessions for the Silver and Black, nothing to write home about. Just a whole lot of nothing. I mean, to be honest, man, I mean, the, the, they weren't even really on the field that much in the second half. I think they had, what, 13 snaps? I think they might have played 13 snaps in, in the second half. Right, but even in the first half when they did have the ball, I mean, they get the ball back uh, after causing a, a not a three and out, but they get the uh, they get the Bills to punt the ball. Uh, the Raiders get it back, and then boom, uh, interception from Jimmy G. He had two interceptions. One was tipped on a on a screen pass attempt to Amir Abdullah. It gets uh, tipped, and Terrell Bernard, the linebacker, comes down with the interception. He's a heck of a player coming out of Baylor. I remember him. I uh, know him very well, as a matter of fact. He gets one, sets up the Bills' first uh, first touchdown. Boom, they tie the game up seven seven. Then, well, the Raiders don't do a whole lot of anything, right? And then Jimmy G gets intercepted a little bit later on in the game when he's throwing the ball to Josh Jacobs, and uh, Matt Milano goes over the top, just basically moss Josh Jacobs and goes and takes the ball. So Jimmy G did not have a good day, two interceptions on the day. Uh, the Raiders didn't have a good day at all. Josh Jacobs uh, only carried the ball nine times for negative two yards. Negative two yards. He did have five catches for 51 yards, but that was it. Uh, and this is from uh, uh, ESPN Sports and uh, Elias Sports as well. Josh Jacobs, who is the NFL rushing champ, finished with negative two rushing yards on nine rushes. According to Elias Sports, this is the first time since the 1970 merger that a reigning NFL rushing champion finished the game with a negative rushing yardage. So that was that was the, basically the Raiders in a nutshell offensively. And I don't want it to sound like all doom and gloom. It's only one game, and you got to just crumble this one up, throw the tape away, and worry about Pittsburgh next week. But it just kind of lets you know if the Raiders don't have a run game, then they're not going to be able to be balanced, and they're not going to be able to um, score a lot of points. Right? I mean, they scored 17 points week one against Denver, scored 10 points week two against the Buffalo Bills. They've got to have that balanced attack, and they have not got that developed yet so far this season. Defensively, Josh Allen, who had a bad performance on Monday Night Football against the Jets, uh, he got right, right? And I, I would have taken that personal, is that everyone kept saying that, oh, this is the get-right game for the Bills. This is the get-right game for the Bills. Remember, the line was, uh, what, nine and a half points they were favored by, and I thought that was way too much. Clearly, I was wrong, <laughs> right? They win the game 38-10, to 10, but, man, Josh Allen, you want to talk about get-right, he got right, 31 for 37, 274 yards and three touchdowns. He was sacked twice, but, man, if you blinked, you would have missed those sacks. Right, Divine Diablo got him late in the game, and then uh, uh, Robert Spillane got him early uh, in the game. But that was it. That was really it. So two sacks on the game. Again, the Raiders created no turnovers. Roderick Teamer had an interception, but because Nate Hobbs had a penalty, a hand to the face, that got eliminated. Uh, that was late in the game as well. As you could tell, Roderick Teamer was in the game, went in for Marcus Epps, who was dealing with a little bit of a uh, injury. So, yeah, it was, it was not a good performance from the defense. And, you know, that was one of the things I kept hanging my hat on was that this Raiders defense was going to be better, complimentary. I never said they were going to be shut down or anything, but they were going to compliment the offense and really help them do some good things. They did not. <laughs> Allen only had six incompletions. There was no pressure whatsoever uh, on, on Josh Allen. Max Crosby was taken 100% out of the game. The whole defensive line really felt like they were taken out of the game. Uh, the, the Bills ran for 183 total yards. Latavius Murray, former Raider, he had a touchdown, right? I mean, he, he was he's still kicking. I'm, I'm happy for him that he's still doing his thing. Just don't like to see him do his thing against the Raiders. But, man, I mean, there was nothing 
that the Raiders did defensively that was inspiring. It really wasn't. And so uh, Patrick Graham's got a lot of work to do, right? And it's funny, and I'm going to ask Coach McDaniels about this today. Uh, Patrick Graham, for the most part, is always on the sideline. He was in the booth calling the defensive plays on Sunday. So I'm trying to see if that's a, you know, if they feel like he's better in the booth or what, you know, what's the deal? But it feels like the time is kind of ticking on Patrick Graham. Like the way it's setting up, with this defense, if it doesn't get turned around quick, fast, and hurry, and again, don't want to overreact to one game, just like I didn't overreact to one win that they had against Denver, it just feels like this is setting up for Patrick Graham to be the fall guy if uh, if this defense doesn't get better. Uh, but this is a note from uh, Josh Dubow uh, from the AP. Raiders have allowed opponent to complete at least 75% of their passes with zero interceptions six times in 19 games under Patrick Graham. The only Raiders defensive coordinator who allowed more games like that was Jason Tarver eight times in 48 games. So it's happened to Patrick Graham's defense six times in 19 games. It happened to Patrick Tar- or J- Jason Tarver, excuse me, uh, defense eight times in 48 games. So I guess if you're looking for a silver lining, the Raiders are tied for first place in the AFC West, right? The Chiefs, they beat the Jaguars, but the Chargers lost to the Titans and the Broncos lost to the Commanders. So again, you're looking for a silver lining. Just realize it's only one game. They've got 15 more of these guaranteed. They got the season home opener against Pittsburgh coming up this Sunday, primetime action. So that's cool. But They've got some work to do. And the Steelers will be coming off a short week as well as they're playing tonight, Monday Night Football, part of the doubleheader. So you could t- you can get a little scouting report, early scouting report on the Raiders' next upcoming opponent. But what about the invisible man? What about Hunter Renfro? He's done a whole lot of nothing this season after having a stellar training camp as far as I'm concerned. we got to talk about Hunter Renfro. We'll do that coming up in segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast after I tell you about a couple great sponsors. And the first one is the title sponsor, LinkedIn Jobs. These days, every new potential hire can feel like a high-stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have the right candidates for the job every time, right? That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs help you find the right people for your team faster and for free. All you got to do is create a free job post on LinkedIn Jobs, then add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile that spreads the word that you're hiring. They got simple tools like screening questions, make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and who you'd like to hire. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidate you want to talk to faster. Again, post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. I also want to tell you about prize picks. And I'm sure you're wondering right now, okay, Q, what is prize picks? Well, it's the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in North America. They're the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's just you against the numbers. You're not playing against any kind of sharks, any kind of professionals. It's not thousands of players. It's literally just you versus numbers. You pick more than or less than two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in just like that. It's super simple. Prize Picks offers weekly promotions that could lead to big payouts. They've got Taco Tuesday. Obviously, Taco Tuesday is coming up. Each Tuesday, Prize Pick discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide even more value. And Prize Picks now offers Apple Play for quick and easy deposits into your account this football season. So, all you got to do is go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use the code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Repeat, uh, again, go to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize Picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Red Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to talk about the invisible man here. The invisible man is one Hunter Renfro. Two games, one target, 23 yards off of one catch, right? 
that's obviously not going to get it done. So what in the world is going on with the guy who at one time had over 100 catches for the Raiders? Not with this staff, but had over 100 catches. So you know he can get it done. Found this to be pretty interesting. Paul Gutierrez from ESPN. He always does a recap on ESPN.com. Matter of fact, all the ESPN NFL Nation writers do it. Uh, so like the Buffalo Bills writer had her piece on it, and then Paul had his piece on the Raiders side of things. But I found what he had to say about Hunter pretty interesting. What is going on with Hunter Renfro? Uh, and he said a week after... After not getting a single target for the first time in his career, Renfro was again an invisible man. The 2021 Pro Bowler, who caught 103 passes that season, was not targeted by new quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo until there were less than four minutes to play. There were at least a few other occasions on which Renfro was running free, but Garoppolo did not see him. If Garoppolo, who has more interceptions, three, then throws the Renfro, one, does not want to become too predictable, he needs to get that ra- the re- receiver more involved. Again, that's Paul Gutierrez on ESPN. And that really summarized it perfectly. Week one, only 13 uh, snaps on offense and no targets, fine. I could chalk that up to Jacoby Myers was having a really good game. Devontae Adams was having a really good game. They're trying to feed Josh Jacobs to get him involved in the in the running game. Uh, had him involved in the passing game as well, trying to get the tight ends. Okay, maybe he got caught up in the wide receiver shuffle, right? The wide receiver room is really deep. Talked about it a lot in training camp preseason. Okay, this is going to be a tough room to decide who stays and who goes. But once Jacoby Myers went down, and I realize they're not the exact same player and they're not going to be used the exact same by this coaching staff, I totally understand that. But I understand that Hunter Renfro is a guy that has really good hands and can make plays and can get open, and he could be a reliable source for Jimmy G. He could be a guy that can make himself available, similar to what Jacoby Myers does, and, and get positive yards, right? I mean, look, and on Sunday, it was the Devontae Adams and the Josh Jacobs show as far as passes go. Devontae was thrown at, he was targeted eight times, Josh Jacobs targeted six, right? So, I mean, that was really it. And again, as I mentioned in segment number one, the Raiders only had the ball for 13 snaps in the second half. So, you know, it's just, you know, trying to say that, well, Hunter didn't get any action in the second half. Well, nobody on the Raiders got action. Again, 13 snaps is all that the team had in general in in, in the second half of the game. So that's nothing. But be that as it may, he's still a guy that needs to be targeted. And so, if he's not somebody that fits into what you want to do, that's fine. I, I don't have a problem with that, right? I'm not the coach. I'm not the offensive coordinator. I'm not the one coming up with the game plan. But he's also making $16 million to have one catch in 23 yards through two games. So I don't understand where the – I feel like that that's financially irresponsible, <laughs> right? I mean, look, and I'm not the guy that's ever been, uh, you know, too financially smart, right? I don't, I don't budget my money very well. Like, I'm not that person. I don't always look for the best values, but that's not very good value. Like, it doesn't take a genius to tell you that this guy's making $16 million and he has one catch for 23 yards through two games, and they were down a wide receiver in Jacoby Myers. So I honestly wish, especially looking at the defense and knowing that it still has a long ways to go, I wish that if he wasn't going to be part of the game plan or they didn't think that they were going to be able to use him or they just didn't like his style or whatever the case may be, that's their, that's their prerogative. I'm okay with that, right? I don't, I don't mind any move that the team makes because that's, the, that's what they've got to do. They got to make the, the, the roster fit the way that they want it to fit so they can go out there and execute the way they want it to. Hopefully when they make moves, they work, right? That's all I say. If you're going to make moves and move on from guys and bring guys in, hopefully they work because those are your guys. So if they were looking to move Hunter or didn't think that Hunter was going to be a good fit, I wish they had just moved him, right? Because they could have got a defensive player or they could have got some assets to get a defensive player. Clearly they need a lot more help on defense. And again, if Hunter Renfro is just going to be a guy that's going to be a guy out there, then you're paying him for nothing. Now, again, 15 games left. Maybe this upcoming week against Pittsburgh, maybe he balls out. Maybe he's got you know eight or nine targets, five or six catches. Who knows? 
But so far through two games, it really looks like Hunter Renfro is, has been phased out of the offense, to be 100% honest. And again, it could change. So don't, I don't want anyone to think that I'm trying to overreact to it and sky is falling, this, that, and the other. None of that. But we all know that Hunter Renfro didn't live up to what the Raiders expected last year. A lot of that had to do with injury. He worked his tail off in training camp. He really did. And like, I, I'm thinking back. I'm trying to remember, like, okay, so he looked so good in training camp and everybody was talking about him. Were they trying to generate interest from a team? You know, and really he was featured a lot against the 49ers in training camp when they had the joint, those joint practices. Were they trying to get interest from the Niners to, to possibly make a trade? Like, everything's going through my mind because I'm trying to, figure it out, trying to figure it out so it makes sense. And right now it doesn't make sense. Now, like I said, with only having 13 snaps in the second half, maybe – you know, maybe it would have been different if they had had actually, you know, four or five possessions and, and actually had the ball for quite a while. I mean, they had the ball for like two minutes, two minutes, three minutes. Like, it, it, was, it was not good, right? Four plays here, four plays there, five plays there. That's basically what it was, right? It, it just, like I said, it wasn't, it wasn't enough. And, and the Bills did a hell of a job of keeping the offense off the field. And then when the offense did get on the field, they turned the ball over real quick, fast, and hurry and gave it back to Buffalo. But... They've got to make a decision on Hunter Renfro. Like I said, if they don't see him as a long-term uh, solution or a, a, a long-time player in this offense, then fine. Just make the decision to pull the trigger and get something on him, right? I, and I don't know. Maybe it's his contract why nobody wants to, to, to trade for him. But, you know, we'll see what happens this upcoming week. He's going to be definitely a guy that I focus in on, especially if Jacoby Myers is not back. Uh, who knows if Devontae is going to be out there. Could you imagine not having Jacoby or Devontae? And then they still not target, still not target Hunter. Like, come on, something's got to give. So again, I don't think that you know, it's it's. I don't want to overreact. Like, I'm trying to make sure I'm very careful with what I say. I don't want to overreact or make it sound like you know Hunter is not liked by the the staff. I mean, they've talked highly about him. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo's talked about getting him involved, and he's a hell of a player. But for some reason, he's not seeing him. He's not on the same page with him yet. When he checks down, which he's very comfortable checking down, he'll check down to Josh Jacobs. Or he'll look to check down to uh, whatever running back is out there. Hell, even Zamir White had a catch in, in week one, right? And Zamir White don't catch hardly anything, right? But he had a, a, a pass catch in week one. So uh, just like to see Hunter Renfro involved more. I think he should be involved more. He's getting paid to be involved more, and he's just not there just yet. So at some point, you got to get something out of him. I know they have other, other weapons, DeAndre Carter, Trey Tucker, you know, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers. I get that. But especially when you're down a guy, then that's when the next guy, that's, that's the whole beauty of having depth as far as the wide receiver room goes. And that's what they had. They had 11 guys in training camp that were all competing for a handful of spots, just like the cornerback position. And believe me, we'll get to talking about the defense and we'll get to talking about uh, where they, you know, where, where they need all the help they can get uh, later on this week. Matter of fact, probably coming up tomorrow, we'll talk about the defense in, in more, uh, you know, in more detail. But just, again, Hunter not getting hardly anything out of him, that's, that's you know, that's disappointing. I, I know when the game started, I looked to see if he was out there. No, okay, he's not starting. Okay, that's fine. But he got in on the first drive. All right, cool. You know, Hunter's going to be involved in this game. And then just for him not to be involved and get a catch late in the game, uh, under four minutes left to go, and the game is already game, set, match, highly, highly disappointed. So that's that's a question that will be asked. Uh, I'll definitely ask that question uh, to head coach Josh McDaniels later on this morning. Like I said, 1030 is when we're supposed to talk to him at the Intermountain Health Performance Center. So that's one of the questions. You know, I'll just basically I'm going to try to phrase it uh, are you disappointed that Hunter Renfro hasn't been more involved through two games, right? Because if, if, if I just ask the question of how come 
Jimmy's not getting the ball to Hunter, and he's going to just basically shut that question down. So you got to be strategic when you ask these questions if you want to get a good answer. So I'll just ask him if he's disappointed or, you know, or, or something like that. We'll word it something like that. Um, and then, obviously, we got to talk about the defense as well. But that's uh, for uh, Patrick Graham. The, Patrick Graham sitting in the booth. That'll be the other question that I make sure to ask uh, head coach Josh McDaniels about later on this morning. But that's all I got. Uh, just disappointed to see Hunter Renfro not be more involved in the Raiders' offense so far through two weeks. Again, one target. He, kept, he caught the ball. 23 yards. Nice play. But one target, two games. That's not going to get it done. So that's what I got for you. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and text, 707-654-4693. I'll do that after I tell you about FanDuel. And right now you need to snap into action this NFL season with FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $200 in bonus bets guaranteed when you place a $5 bet. That's $200 in bonus bets, win or lose. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Kick off the NFL season the right way. FanDuel, the official partner of the NFL. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and text. You have that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start off with a call from Raider X. He's calling to talk about the event that happened in Buffalo on Sunday. Here he is, Raider X. Hey, Q, this is Raider X. Want to recap and uh, get your thoughts on today's uh, outing over there. I don't want to call it a game because it really wasn't a game over in uh, Buffalo. Um, really, a lot of concerns Especially with that secondary, I think teams are going to constantly, uh, you know, test that area. Um, second, uh, linebackers are actually looking good for two games. That defensive line has no pressure at all. Um, I really feel like right now that Raiders defense is like a poor boy sandwich. You know, all bread with nothing in the middle. It's just not happening. Uh, Josh Jacobs obviously looks like he's a little slower off the cut in the decisions, uh, running too much up the back of his of his lineman and his fellow group, um, not you know, just not seeing the the, the opening. Uh, it looks, you know, um, you know, you see a little bit more breaking into space from Zamir White. It's just that he doesn't have the push of Jacob. Jacob's finishing the run right. It's just a little bit concerning. And then uh, you know the, the play, no adjustments, just no adjustments on that second half of trying to get you know a little bit spread that offense a little bit more. I know it's hard to do because you need to protect and you can't make it too wide because they're coming in, you know, like a leaky shower head. Uh, they're coming in right at you. And um, they just got to get rid of that ball quicker and get it out uh, because obviously they can't throw it over the top. Either Jimmy G's got to release that ball earlier to get his chance for his guys to get under it because when he truly tries to throw that deep ball, it just floats. And um, our guys have to stop and come back, so we really can't get that over-the-top speed and really take advantage of those long speeds. Uh, maybe if it's a, you know, a 15 to 20, you know, yard breakaway and then he throws it about 30 yards. Okay, we got that, 30, 40 yards. But really trying to throw downfield, no. We need some adjustments. We need them quick. Uh, hopefully when they get back to Vegas, we're going to see a change. I look for the change. I really need the change. They got to come back and, and think about what they've done all damn year. And, uh, you really don't want to waste it. I know it's really early in the season, but this is when the momentum kicks. Uh, you're still up there at the top of the division. Uh, let's, let's make it happen, man. I really want to get your thoughts on this. This is Raider X out. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And the running game being non-existent, that's a major issue offensively. 
not getting any pressure on the quarterback defensively is another major problem, right? It's kind of like what I talked about on Friday's show. The game was going to be won or lost in the trenches, and clearly it was. The Raiders lost it in a major way in the trenches. Couldn't get anything done as far as generating a run game and couldn't get any pass rush on Josh Allen. Again, you want to look at the game. You want to see where it's going to be won and lost. I told you uh, that that's going to come straight from the trenches, and it did. Now, I didn't think it was going to be looking like that, 38-10. to 10. You know, I thought it was going to be a lot closer game. So uh, please believe I did not expect some kind of blowout like that. But look, the Bills are a good team. They're expected to make a deep run. But after that performance they had on Monday night against the Jets, I felt like that there was a way that the Raiders could win the game. They just clearly did not do that. But thanks for the call, Raider X. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a text from Assassin's Ghost. AQ, the Assassin Ghost here. Quick and short, we are 1-1. Most predicted us to be 0-2. Offensive line and defensive line need to be better. Well, the whole team does, but go Raiders. Also, what's going on with Chandler saying someone did something with his daughter? This is getting confusing uh, for me. I don't know what is fact or what is uh, fiction. Love the show. Peace. That's Assassin Ghost. And thanks so much. And, yeah, uh, again, the silver lining, the Raiders are 1-1, and and they're tied for the first in the AFC West. Right? Everyone else has lost. The Chiefs won, but everyone else lost. The Broncos, they lost a very close game. They almost pulled it out at the end. And then the Chargers lost to the Titans in, uh, in overtime. So uh, there you go. So the Raiders are 1-1. One one, uh, the Chargers are 0-2. And the Broncos are 0-2. And, and the uh, Chiefs are 1-1. One one. As far as Chandler Jones, I'm with you. I don't know what's fact and what's fiction. And I hate to speculate, and, and I won't, especially with something uh, when he's talking about situations with you know kids involved or his goddaughter involved and you know, but it's just really weird. Like, if you go back and look at Chandler Jones on Twitter and just kind of go through all his tweets, it's, it's very confusing as to what's real and what's not. But some of the allegations that are out there are very, very serious and something that somebody definitely needs to look into to see what, just like you said, is fact and what is fiction. Thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a call from Lois Cali Raider. He's calling to ask about the Raiders' loss and what the team can learn from it moving forward. Here he is, Lois Cali Raider. Hey, Q, how's it going? I just, I just, you know, I just watched the game, and I just want to get your thoughts on, you know, what could we learn from this loss? You know, the Bills are, are predicted to be a top team in the AFC, and I just want to learn. This was like a measuring game for us, and we could just treat it like that. But what, what did you see that we can learn from this game that we can get away from it, that we can come away from it and fix what we need to fix and see these see the Raiders as a top contending tier team? You know what I mean? Because Everybody knows that the Buffalo Bills, they're going to be pretty good if they keep this up. But what can we walk away from this so early in the season and learn from this to make sure that the Raiders come up and when we face against other teams, what we can learn from this kind of loss and get better from this. Um, this is always Kelly Raider. I'm interested in hearing your thoughts. Thank you. Thank you so much for the call, my man. And I think one of the biggest lessons that could be learned that I thought we were already aware of is that the Raiders have to be able to get pressure on the quarterback, right? They've got to be able to do that. If you don't get pressure on the quarterback, you're not going to win too many games. The defensive line was embarrassed on Sunday. Max was completely taken out of the game. Nobody did anything else as far as line play. Also, another lesson that can be learned is that the Raiders do not have, if they don't have a balanced attack, they're going to lose a lot of games. Jimmy G is not a guy that's going to throw the ball 45 times around the yard and get it done. You've got to have an effective running game, and you've got to have an effective passing game. It's all got to come together around him. And oh, by the way, the defense has got to do their part as well. Jimmy wins games. Right, Jimmy has a winning record, but he has a winning record with a complete team. It can't be just a Jimmy G show, right? Jimmy to Devontae, Jimmy to Devontae, that, that's not going to get it done. It's not. So that's probably the biggest lesson is that if the, if the Raiders are not a balanced team, offensively and defensively, they're not going to win a lot of games. The run game's got to get cooking, and the defense has got to get 
get going and start being complimentary. But that, I would say, would be the two biggest takeaways and two biggest lessons that you can learn. And what the Raiders better not do is allow this loss to beat them twice. You know, we're going to talk about it, but and they're going to talk about it, but after they talk about it and look at the film, just throw that tape away. That's all they need to do. Throw that tape away and now you think about it, right? The, like, every team has an embarrassing loss every year. Hopefully, this is the Raiders' embarrassing loss, right? And, and we all know that they do have them. They'll have one or two really bad losses. Like, what the hell happened? This is what the hell happened game. So, hopefully, that doesn't happen again. Hopefully, this upcoming Sunday against Pittsburgh and the season home opener is a, is a good showing. We'll see. It's up to them. But they've got to clear this. Do not allow this loss to beat them twice is probably the most important factor uh, in all of this. So thank you so much for that call. I do appreciate you. Up next, got a pretty lengthy text from Nick in New Jersey. Says, hey, Q, this is Nick from New Jersey. Just calling to touch base on this Chandler Jones situation. The allegations he posted tonight were concerning, to say the least. But the more this is unfolding, the more strongly I feel that Chandler is undergoing some sort of mental health crisis. This past year, my wife had several mental health uh, breakdowns and was diagnosed bipolar. In her manic episode, she was convinced that something bigger was happening. Everything was a conspiracy, and she was unaware of her actions. Though she is better today, she has very little recollection of what exactly happened, although she was in the hospital for over three months. Some things and events still believe... some things and events she still believes were real, despite the fact it was impossible that they were such as the FBI was after her. All that being said, the allegations that Chandler Jones is bringing up in conjunction with his erratic behavior really makes me believe this is related to mental health. We are having a crisis in this country when it comes to mental health treatment and education, and that needs to change. To be fair, I had no idea what it was or how to handle it before this year and what happened to my wife. I hope Chandler gets the help he needs. Until then, hopefully, we can all reserve our judgments for the Raiders, Mark Davis, and, of course, Chandler Jones. Thanks for everything, Q. Keep up the good work. Again, that's Nick in New Jersey. And, yeah, thanks so much for the text. I appreciate you. And, yeah, again, it's so hard to determine what is being said and, you know, the exact what's being said. Like, I, I, I could read what he's putting out there, but trying to put it all together would be reckless on my part because that would be a lot of speculation, and I'm not going to do that, and the allegations are pretty pretty bad and pretty damning, so I'm not going to do that. But this is kind of my stance I've taken on this, this Chandler Jones situation since it started. Right before week one, I said I'm going to reserve my time uh, of speaking on it and going deep diving into it until I know exactly what I'm talking about. And, you know, a lot of people started attacking Chandler. A lot of people started attacking the team, the coach, the owner. And I was like, man, and just what you said about mental health, I said, let's make sure that we know what we're talking about before we start getting reckless with what we're talking about because this very well easily could be a mental health situation that I think we're starting to come around on in this country in the last, you know, what, handful of years learning that there's a real deal thing when it comes to mental health and that that could really affect people in a major way. And obviously, thank you for sharing your experiences. You, you've experienced it firsthand. So that's why I haven't been on this show or the radio or any other show that I do and have talked bad about Chandler Jones or the Raiders, the ownership, anybody. Because, again, I don't, I don't know enough about this situation to give a real strong opinion or strong take on it. And I'm not going to just sit here and point fingers and, and you know rush to judge in a case that that could very well be something terribly seriously going on uh, with Chandler Jones. And, you know, it's just it, – it's a scary situation. Let's put it like this. I've had so many people text me and tweet me and, hey, what's going on? What's going on? Man, your guess is as good as mine. And, and you know, once we find out, then we'll speak on it. And, and hopefully, uh, you know, Chandler Jones is in an okay position, okay state of mind. I'm hoping that he's not going anything through anything too tough. But, again, with all those uh, cryptic – tweets and messages and what he's saying on Twitter and you know I'll keep my mouth shut if I can only play football like there's just a lot of weird stuff going on so that's why I've, I've held the same stance 
from the very beginning of the situation. I'm, it's not going to change. <laughs> not going to change at all. I'm going to make sure that before I'm ever going to start talking about it, I have to know all the facts of what's going on. So thank you so much for that. I do appreciate you. We'll close out with this call from Nathan Glass from Cali. Remember, he's not a Raider fan. Matter of fact, he's a Steeler fan. Steelers play the Raiders on uh, on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, Sunday night football is going to be their home opener. He's calling to talk about the loss, and he's actually trying to be the voice of reason for Raider Nation. So we'll close out with this. Nathan Glass from Cali. Hey, Q. Nathan Glass from California. Just uh, commenting on the um, Raiders versus Bills game. Uh, tough loss. Um, you guys ran it early. You know, the, the Bills, man, that's a – that's a well-oiled machine over there, man. Um, you know they're they're uh, they're a tough team. Nothing to say uh, to uh, bow your heads down, Raider Nation, at all. You know that's a they're a consistent 13, 12, 13 a win uh, a win season team, man. Um, you know so there's nothing to hang your uh, your hats down at at all. Um, you know it'll get better. Um, it was their opener. You know they got uh they felt embarrassed by you know what happened with the Jets so they came up with a chip on their shoulder man it happens you know uh but it's a long season uh we got 15 more games to go so uh just uh swallow this one move on and uh get ready for your opener against my Steelers and uh we'll just go from there man uh like I say let me change uh hang your head that. It happens, you know. So uh, talk to you later this week, Q, and uh, have a good one. Thank you for the call, my man. And, yeah, I mean, you're right. The Bills are a tough team, right? But I sure did think, and maybe this is my, my fault for thinking, I sure did think that the Raiders would put up a better performance than that, right? As I was saying with Joe Marino from Locked On Bills, okay, you know, the Raiders will lose a game. I predicted them to lose, but I thought, okay, three or four points. It's going to be a close one. Uh, they're going to show a lot of fight, and there was no fight. Right, they had the first opening drive that was really good. Went down on five plays, scored a touchdown, and that was over. Only got a Daniel Carlson field goal the rest of the game, and the Bills put up 38 points. It could have put up more. Right, for the most part, they just uh, salted out the clock at the end. But they could have put up more points if they wanted to. So, uh, yeah, it's again, you don't want to overreact. You realize that there's still 15 games. I'm glad that they got that ugly game out of their out of their way. <laughs> right, uh, they start out the season on the road, the first two games. They're coming back home, so you know maybe things can get turned around this Sunday against Pittsburgh. Uh, but that's that's all you can do. You can only. Uh, play these these games one week at a time, and that's what the Raiders, uh, that's what they have to do. So get this one out of your mind, throw away the tape on this one, and get ready for Pittsburgh. That's all you could really do. But thanks, Nate, for the, the call, and we'll see how this game goes Sunday night at Allegiant Stadium. But uh, that's all I got for you on today's show. Uh, thanks for, for tuning in. I know it was probably painful to relive the game. Uh, I know it was pretty painful just to talk about the game as far as I'm concerned, but that's what we do around here. So coming up tomorrow, we'll continue to kind of talk about this game. We'll focus in on the defense as well. We'll have some news and notes. Again, head coach Josh Daniel. Daniels talks this morning around 10.30, so we'll ask him some questions about the game and certain players in this game as well. And uh, hopefully we get some really good answers from him uh, about what happened in Buffalo. 38-10, to 10, the Raiders dropped a 1-1 one one on the season after that loss to the Buffalo Bills. So until tomorrow, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.